We'd like to welcome you back to our fourth part of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 18th, 2009, and we're going to continue with this report on this inauguration with Barack Obama. And uh, <clears throat> this next article is entitled, Barack Obama Will Face an Obelisk as He Takes His Oath of Office. So this is another aspect, another very, very satanic, occultic, blatant aspect of this inauguration. We've already discussed, but I'm... I'm I'm wanting to give the, the big picture here, okay? And I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of stuff I even leave out regarding the depravity of this event. But to hit the high points, we're going to talk about this. Uh, and today, January 20th, 2009, at noon, actually, but that's a couple days from now. But at, but at that date, which is Tuesday, 12 o'clock noon, President Obama will take the oath of office as the President of the United States. This inauguration will swear in the 44th president. In our nation's history, incredibly tight security will be in effect that has for all practical, practical purposes turned Washington, D.C. into a no-flow zone in a city in lockdown. This terribly tight security will continue the endless barrage of homeland security we have endured since 9-11. Homeland security... The world will be looking on in great interest as the most powerful men, man in the world officially takes office, promising massive change. Really, the reality, he's not the most powerful man. The people that control him are more powerful, like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. They're the ones that control the puppet, the puppet on the string, which is the politician. He's a figurehead, uh, but he's going to be used to do great evil, no doubt if the Lord permits it. However, in our humble opinion, the most significant story is one of which few people would ever think simply because they do not even know, they do not know either paganism or the drive to establish antichrist. And this is this is kind of involving, you know, lest we be ignorant of his devices, lest Satan get an advantage of us. We we talked about that earlier. Uh, the most significant aspect of President Obama's inauguration is that he will be facing the obelisk during the entire inaugural ceremony. All good pagans, quote, face the obelisk as often as possible. So the fact that President Obama will face a 666-foot obelisk in the Washington Monument during the entire inaugural ceremony further brands him as an Illuminati paganist. Now, they've done a whole video on this. Okay, the secret architecture of Washington, D.C., Riddles in Stone. Man, I'll tell you, it's awesome. You can go up online and watch it, um, or you can you can order it from them. I mean, I think it's on Google and YouTube. and It's probably not supposed to be, but you know, I don't know. I think it's up there. I, it's just, you know, at this point, it's just rationing bullets. I give, I'm sorry, I just give it all away. I just give it. Here, take it. We're in a war here, and, and I just feel like we've got to get this information out. And I don't want to come down on any particular ministry or anything like that. I know he put a ton of money into making that. And, and I do believe he deserves to be compensated. I'm just saying I, I want the information to get out as well. But if you have any doubts about the uh, unbelievably, occultically, satanic, Masonic, Freemasonic architecture of Washington, D.C., watch that video. You will have no doubts after that. And you will have a lot of doubts as to the Christian heritage that this country was actually built on. Everything surrounding Washington, D.C., the architecture, is so satanic, it defies explanation. You'd have to see the, 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 the video. And I mean, we're talking, this is a long DVD. But it will not bore you. I guarantee you that. It will not bore you. I just watched 
I watched about half of it the other night. I was like, this is unbelievable. Amazing. He nailed it. You know, David Bay at Cutting Edge, he nailed it. You know, and the one before that. And now they got a new one coming out. Uh, they're, they're excellent, okay? So, uh, it really gives you the big picture from an occultic standpoint that started all the way back with Francis Bacon on what the plan is for this America, for this new, what they call the New Atlantis. And how so many things have been done under our nose. So many things we call good that are totally evil in this country. The Washington Monument, the Statue of Liberty, the architectural layout of Washington, D.C. So many things are so satanic and such an abomination of God's eyes. And yet we call them good. See how easy it is to potentially be destroyed for lack of knowledge. I mean, just, you know, not knowing these things, calling them good. and They're actually totally evil. Now, it's a 666 foot obelisk, obelisk, which is a symbol of a phallic symbol, to put it as nicely as I can put it, okay, Um, and it's otherwise known as Baal's shaft, okay, the god of Baal, the devil, essentially, okay, that's what obelisks are, that's what they're representative of, okay, in ancient Egypt, which, you know, the Bible warns us so many times about Egypt, they had all these obelisks, Okay, they were obsessed with them, these types of things. They worshipped them. They worshipped Baal. The sun god Ra has a lot to do with it as well. Okay, this is a 666-foot obelisk. 555 feet from the ground, but it goes 111 feet underground, making its total height 666 feet. You ever see it at night? It has two little red eyes that point out. It looks like a demon. Okay, how much evil more could you get? (laughs) Okay, how much more flagrantly evil? But you may not have known what I just said. Now it seems, oh wow, yeah, that is evil. Well, but you didn't know. You know, there's also the uh, the second largest obelisk, I believe, is is in the uh, uh, Vatican, Rome, in that central cathedral place. And that's actually straight from Egypt. They got that one. Whereas this one they built... um, but yeah, it was part of the, the layout of Washington, D.C. It was the, really kind of one of the centerpieces. This, oh, and he's going to face this during his inauguration. Um, going further, furthermore, by facing the obelisk, Barack Obama signaling occultists the world over that he will continue to purse the one world government to pursue the one world government, economy, and religion, which will allow the Masonic, Freemasonic Antichrist to finally appear. When they say Freemasonic, this doesn't necessarily mean he's going to come out. I'm a 33rd degree Mason. He, Freemasonry is really the essence of the Babylonian mystery religions. And the, 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 the essence of the coming one world religion is the Babylonian mystery religions that start all the way back with Nimrod. Okay? When they tried to build the Tower of Babel, and now we've got a lot of different religions dispersed. Why? Because God split them up at the Tower of Babel, right? He confounded their languages. They went and they took their own little respective niches of their own little pagan religions to all parts of the planet. And that's why every society that's ever that's ever uh, found always has some type of pagan belief system. Because they've, they've been dispersed and they've, they've held on to that. Well, now what we're going to have is all the religions coming back under one. And they're going to bring their little respective tricks of the trade of their given little religion back under one mantle. And they're going to be able to accomplish much more wickedness now. Because it's like they're rebuilding the Tower of Babel. We're going to have a one world religion. We're going to have more demons and devils being released at the same time. They're going to be able to accomplish more. And that's why God split them up in the first place. 
So that's what we're, we're, we're moving into here. Um, and it's, it's going to bring about this one world religious system. So the key objective is to bring about the final birth pangs of um, Matthew 24, 6 through 8. A war, the Illuminati calls World War III. Now this is cutting edge's take on these things. I don't agree with everything they say, but I believe they make a lot of good points. About a, particularly about this, the end time scenarios that they're talking about. Uh, this is a news brief from the Seattle Times. And it's entitled, Inaugural Dress Rehearsal for History. January 12th. Officials staged a large-scale rehearsal of the upcoming presidential inauguration and parade Sunday morning and even practiced the swearing-in at the Capitol with a stand-in for Barack Obama. The viewing, the view of the VIP seat and the podium on the balcony of the U.S. Capitol looking west to the Washington Monument during a rehearsal for President-elect Obama's inauguration January 20th. Notice that as Obama stands at the podium, he will have the VIP section to his back, as is traditional, and the people in front of him. Therefore, he will face the obelisk. Why is that important, and what occult significance might that carry? When President Obama takes his oath of office, and when he addresses the nation, he shall be looking westward, toward the greatest obelisk on earth, the Washington Monument, because the occult nature of the Illuministic, Masonic, and Rosicrucian founding fathers, our government is steeped in the occult. Uh, and again, he gets into that in the part one of that video, the, the New Atlantis. And you can also, if you want to know about, particularly about George Washington, key in George Washington in my search box, or just the word George, or part of it, and you'll... And again, I've got so much information to add to that, but I haven't had time to really go do another study. Probably three or four hours. of doc- And this is his own writings. Anyway. The Washington Monument is the world's most famous uh, phallic symbol, otherwise known as the Shaft of Baal, also known as Satanism as an obelisk. Freemasons and the other occultists absolutely revere obelisks. In fact, start looking at graveyards behind many old-line Protestant churches and you will see obelisk grave markers dotting the graveyard. A, A Freemasonic Lodge symbol, which tells you that the man buried there was a mason, will typically be associated with these obelisk gravestones. Okay? So it's been going on a long time, in other words. The Washington Monument is strategically placed so that leaders of Congress and the White House can face the obelisk daily. Just as all devotees, devout occultists, are required to do. As we reported in News Report 1040, now you can go up and if you want to Go to these, you can key in, like, go to cuttingedge.org, go to their search box, and just key in news 1040. Now, generally speaking, they require, like, a it's a subscription fee of, like, $25 a year. But I believe it's well worth it. So as we report in this news report, Masonic symbols are represented in government center by the way in which they the original street layout were created and planned. As we report in News Report 1399, all the government mall is created in the form of a satanic symbol, the Seraph Tree of Life from the Kabbalah, also known as the Masonic Coffin. Okay, The whole layout of the street system in Washington, D.C. were designed by high-level occultists. Okay, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington definitely had a part to play in that. Okay, with other and, and in that video that I just told you about, um, Riddles and Stone, Secret Architecture of Washington, that Cutting Edge has, and I believe you can access it online, I'm telling you, it gives you all the documentation 
in all the proof that you'll ever need to confirm that. It is very, extremely thorough. And they interview so many people, and a lot of the people, um, they try to be fair, because they interview occultists, they interview Freemasons, as well as Christians, okay? Because I think you need to be able to get, you know, to be fair... You know, you need to you know, you need to look at both sides of the story. Or they would accuse you of, oh, you're just biased and this or that. But they, out of their own mouth, you're going to hear a lot of these things. So if we go further, but of course, our greatest and most complete report of the Masonic and Rosicrucian symbols in Washington are shown on our DVD, as I mentioned, Riddles and Stones, Secret Architecture of Washington, D.C. We spend much time discussing the reality that the Washington Monument is nothing more or less than the Egyptian Mysteries Obelisk, which is simply <clears throat> the phallus of the god Baal. But why should we be surprised at this revelation? Because Baal images and symbols abound in the capital city. I mean, when you watch this video, it's like, <laughs> they, I mean, they, they're taking actual videos of the outsides of the architecture, of the street layouts, of the insides of these buildings, and they're so demonic. And it's so flagrant that it's undeniable. Every president is inaugurated as we call it, this word comes from the Latin word inaugurare, which means to take omens, like an omen or a sign, which is typically associated with evil. There was that movie series way back called The Omen, where it was like the birth of the Antichrist. It was that kid, you know, and he had 666 on his skull. Yeah, well, that was... But that's what inauguration, which is derived from inaugurare, means. It means to take omens. Isn't that nice? Is a very occult term. For this reason, the very date of the presidential inauguration is planned every four years on January 20th. Every month, the 20th day is the beginning of the occult cycle of astrology. So now you know why. Further, there are precisely 13 days between January 20th to the high satanic holiday called Imbolg, which is Groundhog's Day. Oh, no, no, not Puxatani Phil. Anybody but him. I love that little guy. Well, I do too. I love that little furry groundhog. I think he's cute. Okay, but that doesn't... And, and, and you know, I don't like how they try to involve Puxatani Phil in this whole thing. But, you know, I hate to say it. It is a high satanic holiday. And I'm not making that up. And virtually every single holiday we have, other than Thanksgiving, has some type of occult... Uh, satanic significance. The occultists were the ones that designed the holiday system. Remember, holiday means holy day to a satanist. We have May Day, which is called Beltane. These are nights of high human sacrifice for high-level occultists. They kill either women, children, or men, or animal animals on those days. That's the res- that, and, and Christians should be praying about this, right? Well, if you don't ever know about it, how are you going to pray about it? So, again, that's why it's so very important to be made aware. Just from the standpoint of knowing to pray, it's, it's important to be made aware. Do you understand where I'm, I'm coming from here? So, you know, we've got all these Ishtar, Easter, okay, has to be determined by astrology every year. If it was really the day of Jesus' crucifixion, why does it have to be determined by astrology? Because it'd be on the same day every year. Oh, ever thought about that? Well, I've done a whole teaching on Ishtar. Done a whole teaching on Xmas, okay? Sat- which is basically the holiday of Saturnalia, which is the rebirth of the sun god. But they say, no, it's the, re- it's, it's the birth of the son of God. Oh, why? Because that's what the Catholics did when they tried to paganize Christianity back in 318 through Constantine? And there was this slow progression of bringing in all the pagan holidays? It's sick. But all of these holidays, save Thanksgiving, 
have a problem in that regard, and they're part of the satanic calendar. And if you if you doubt it, uh, go up and do a keyword search for Doc Marquis. Uh, he did the whole video on the occult holidays, where I first learned about this, and then I researched much further. He was a high-level Luciferian, blue-blood Satanist, brought up in a Luciferian family, signed his, signed his name and blood in the Book of Death, on a lambskin called the Book of Death, because you know Satan has his Book of Death, just like Jesus Christ has his Book of Life. Satan's a counterfeiter. You have to, you have to cut your arm open and take a cool feather and, and dip it in there with your own blood and sign the Book of Death at a certain age. The guy did it all. He was like a second or third degree witch. I mean, he was very powerful. Ended up getting saved. I actually talked to him on the phone a couple times. He sent me a couple videos, and then I and never heard from him since. I, I asked him how many times they tried to kill you. He says, I've lost count. I don't know how many times they tried to kill me. He's worked with Cutting Edge. Now, I don't know if he's still alive, though. I don't know. I don't know. He might be in hiding. I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, he, he did a great... Uh, now, I've done teachings on Halloween, Xmas, Ishtar like to do one on Valentine's Day. It just seems like it always gets pushed aside with something else, but that's another one that's really bad. Anyway, uh, if we go further, further, the presidential inauguration is held precisely at noon, January 20th, because that time places the inauguration exactly 19 and a half days into the new year. In the world of the occult, 19 and a half and 39 are very sacred numbers. fact that we shall reveal um, in upcoming health Headline news articles. Now, let me just see here. Well, I can tell you right now. I'm looking at my the biblical meaning of numbers. Uh, Thirty nine is 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 associated with disease, infirmity, and weakness. So that's not a not a great number, um, but it's a very important number to them. So if we go further, uh, let us examine the very strong Luciferian messages which can be gained from the Washington Monument's obelisk, and the fact that the President is facing it while taking his oath of office today. President Obama will take his inaugural oath of office January 20th, uh, facing the obelisk. Then there's a picture I'm looking at, was taken as President Ronald Reagan took his, his inaugural oath January 20th, 1981. Reagan startled the occult world by taking his oath of office from the West Wing of the Capitol and not the East Wing, as all his predecessors had done. So Reagan started this. <gasps> not Ronald Reagan. He was a good conservative man. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Whatever. You can go back, essentially, to almost every single, essentially every president there is, and, and, you know, document this. They don't get to that level without the Illuminati say so. I understand the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, but they do not get to that level unless they've been pre-selected, usually many times, years before, and they have to have the right bloodline to boot. Fritz Springmeyer wrote a whole book on it, Bloodlines of the, of the Illuminati. And I know there's a lot of negative press about Fritz Springmeyer, but I'm telling you, his research has confirmed much research that a lot of other people have done. Okay, I'm not saying every single thing he's ever said is right. But, you know, Fritz has prayed a, played a pretty big price, too, because they threw him in prison. Um, and I, for all I know, he's dead. I don't know. Last time he wrote me from prison, because he hand-wrote me these letters, uh, he had just had his face kicked in by a guy, and, and he was describing all these things. And, you know, I tell you what, a lot of people say he wasn't a Christian, but I'll tell you by the, the, the writings that I got from him while he was in prison, he sounded like one of the, one of the maybe, maybe he had been into some bad stuff. 
or done some things he shouldn't have done. But you know what? Whom the Lord loveth, he's also chasteneth. And it sounded to me like Fritz had repented and got right with God. Now, again, I'm not Fritz Springmeyer. I don't know. That's between him and God. I'm just telling you from the cor- personal correspondences I got from him. And it wasn't like he would ever knew I would ever mention any of this because I never even had a newsletter back then. I never had a uh, uh, teachings uh, that I was doing now. It wasn't like, you know, he was doing this. He Two or three page handwritten letters. I still got them. So, anyway, I just wanted to throw my two cents in about Fritz because, um, tell you what, he, he was going through some serious stuff in prison and um, I, I don't know exactly where he's at or, or if he's alive at this point, but um, anyway, I'll, I'll go further here with this. Uh, and this was a long time ago. This was like five or six years ago. So, President Reagan was the first guy, was the first president to face the obelisk, okay, of all his predecessors. This fact meant that he was sending the strongest possible signal to the fellow Illuminati in the world that after 205 years of pursuing the goal of establishing the New World Order, a kingdom of the Antichrist, the plan was entering its final phase. See, understand, these occultists, just like I said that the gays have all their little signals, the occultists do too. And they have these big events, and they do it right under everybody's noses because they're not educated on these issues. And they do certain things, they have certain handshakes, they face certain ways. They're sending a signal. And that's what we're seeing here. Every president since then, Bush, Clinton, George W. Bush, have taken similar oaths of office facing the obelisk. It is difficult to think of a more despicable satanic symbol than an obelisk. All occultists literally worship the sun god Ra, whom they believe resides within any obelisk. By facing the obelisk, a person is worshiping the the evil satanic spirit within it. At this moment, please reconsider the reflecting pool between the Washington Monument and the White House. That's that big, long pool between the two, reflecting pool, when it's perfectly still, you can see the the obelisk uh, going up and then also going down into the pool, the reflection. It's the reflecting pool. Okay? The reflecting pool is critically important to the entire scheme of the satanic symbols in this area of government. They've got a whole news report on that, uh, 1040, for full details. Because of the occult belief structure, the pool is the transfer point for demon spirits transferring from this dimension to the spiritual dimension. Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness. See, that's what we always got to keep our eyes on. Satanists believe that mirrors are transfer points also, which is why you, you consistently see mirrors in occult movies and novels. One of the main ways you can evoke demons is just stare. I, I've heard this, you know, like you sit in front of a mirror, you turn off the lights and you stare into it and you say, like there's that stupid thing where they do Bloody Mary over and over again. They say Bloody Mary appear to you. You know what? If you go after the devil... Uh, hard enough, you can invoke him pretty easy. And let me tell you something, he's more than happy to meet you where, where you're at, particularly if you're a new recruit. The devil will bend over backwards to try to meet your needs if you're a new recruit, because he wants to get you on the hook. And when you do this, don't think you're not infesting yourself demonically. Never, ever do stuff like that. Never play with a Ouija board. Never get into this tarot card garbage, tea leaf reading, astrology, all that stuff. You're opening yourself up to the demonic. Ouija boards are one of the worst things you can do. No Christian has any business doing any of that garbage. So, if we go further, 
Truly, Washington, D.C. was created according to the principles and symbols of pagan Freemasonry, which reveals why there are no Christian or truly biblical symbols anywhere in the government mall. Rather, all pictures, monuments, and carvings depict the pagan gods and goddesses from which the, whole, the God of the Holy Bible hates and orders destroyed again and again in the Old Testament. Now, let us shift gears to the biblical account of the God of God's hatred of idolatry and worshiping of the obelisk. I kind of skipped through that part. A little bit of it is, is redundant. I've already mentioned a lot of the stuff that it got into. Uh, there's more to the Washington obelisk. It is created with a circle around it. As we explain in the report, it's free. F-R-E-E 13. The circle to the occultist represents the female sexual organ. This is a fact, okay? This is a fact. It represents the female sexual organ. Just like the crescent moon and star... In Islam, the crescent moon is symbolic of the female sexual organ, and the star is symbolic of the male sexual organ, the union. Okay, there's a lot of that that that, that is symbolized in the of the square and the compass of the Masons. It's the same thing. One of them is the female, the other one is the male. Okay? Now, what is another thing that is round and circular and represents the female sexual organ? Christmas wreaths, Xmas wreaths. That's what they symbolize. And if you talk to an occultist that knows anything about the pagan symbology of Christmas, which is the true symbology of Christmas, they'll tell you so. I saw an interview with a witch. She says, like, oh yeah, the, the, that, that represents the female sexual organ, the divine feminine. And when you put candles on the Christmas wreath, that represents the male phallus and the union thereof. And people hang these on their doors and think it's Christian. And they have their pagan Christmas tree and everything else that goes along with it. Thus, when the obelisk is placed in the exact center of the circle, which is it, which it is, there's a circle around the Washington Monument, the Satanists had just represented the Great Sex Act. Therefore, when wa the Washington Monument was created with a circular design around it, the Great Sex Act symbol was created. When viewed up high from the sky, or from directly overhead, the Washington Monument will appear to be a simple dot in the middle of the circle, like if you were looking down on it. The symbol of a dot within a circle is one of the original symbols of the Illuminati created by Adam Weishaupt himself, uh, who was basically the founder of, of not kind of the founder of the modern day Illuminati, not the founder of all the modern day mystery religions. Okay, but he was the modern founder of the Illuminati, um, which actually was formed in 1776, May 1st, by Adam Weishaupt. Whereas we see, oh, 1776 was when the Declaration of Independence was signed on July 4th, right? Yes, but when you see 1776 depicted on the base of the pyramid, on the back of the dollar bill, the Roman numerals at the base, with the, with the base of the pyramid with 13 levels, 13 being the number of rebellion, and the all-knowing eye of Lucifer in the, in the center, in this, uh, uh, the capstone, the all-knowing eye of Lucifer or Horus, and you see those Roman numerals at the bottom, that's 1776. That's the year the Illuminati was formed. May 1st, Beltane, High Human Sacrifice Night. 1776, before the Declaration of Independence was signed in May, Adam Weishaupt formed the Illuminati. Okay, That's why 1776 is on there. Ordo Novus okay, Anut um, Coeptus Novus Ordo Socorum. Those are the letters around the uh, pyramid. Well, what does that mean? Anut, announcing, Coeptus, conception, announcing the birth, Novus Ordo Socorum, of the New World Order, or the New Order of the Ages. I, I did studies in, in um, um, Latin for these words and confirmed this. 
Okay, announcing the birth of the New World Order. When? 1776, at the base of the pyramid. The pyramid has 13 levels, 13 being the number of rebellion, representing the Illuminati, with Lucifer at the very top. And he's not quite connected to the pyramid. He's trying to complete it and, and um, complete the New World Order. And they're going to say that that's completed when the Antichrist takes power. But, you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back on a white horse, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. With the sword of the spirit in his mouth, he's going to devour him in Armageddon. And, there, and him and the false prophet will be cast in the lake of fire. That's his fate. Anyway, if we go further, and do not think that the Masonic lodges are past the point of revering the obelisk, as this picture to the left so amply demonstrates. Now, this picture is a picture of like three guys, they're masons, they've got their little Masonic apron on. You know what that means, that Masonic apron? You know what's made of? Lambskin. Lambskin. Do you know what they're taught? They say that when you get to your celestial lodge in the sky, this lambskin will be your, basically what earns your way into heaven. You know what that's a mockery of? The lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ, the lamb. It's a mockery of Jesus Christ. It's their own lambskin that's going to get them into heaven, into the what they call the celestial lodge in the sky. What an abomination. Yeah, but that's what they're wearing. And it's kind of funny that the, a lot of times the um, the aprons have like the all-knowing eye of Lucifer and stuff like that, you know, on there. And they're standing behind this, around this obelisk and uh, uh, they do, they revere the obelisk. As this picture... Demonstrates in 1999, the Hubert Lodge number 67 is dedicating this obelisk. This is the picture I'm looking at. Notice how proudly these men are standing around this. Uh, but let us not forget the Freemasons have been very active for many decades throughout all of America, dedicating schools, monuments, courthouses, and other public buildings. And again, when, when a Freemason dedicates a building, please understand that the evil that is present there will permeate that structure. And that place of business, it can't not affect it. Why do you think the devil would even concern himself if, it, if there wasn't benefit to the devil? The devil wants benefits, okay? And he knows that there's certain things that you can do to curse the land. And that's one of them. So, if we go further, America's literally covered over with obelisks as any search of old cemeteries will demonstrate God's judgment is upon this nation. Already severe is growing by leaps and bounds. Can you hear his words of judgment? Revelation 18.5. I'm just going to read this real quick. Revelation 18.5 says, For her sins... Well, let's just read verse 4. I, I've already said this. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. My people, he's saying, come out of her. What would this mean? Well, anything that's of a whorish, abominable, ungodly thing that you're in in this world, try to get out of it as much as you can. Pull yourself out of that thing. I've given you many examples today. That ye be not partakers of her sins and receive of her not of her plagues. This is like the whore. Come out of the whore. For her sins have reached unto heaven... And God hath rem remembered her iniquities. Now remember what I said before. About, think of like a, a dam holding back water. Think of the water as sin. Just think of that. Just all the sins just kind of accumulating behind this dam. Until in this regard, the sins have reached unto heavens. Under the heavens. 
You know, that's what we're we're approaching here. Okay, I understand this is well into the rebel into the tribulation here we're talking about, but it's it's a it's a good example of, of things to think about. So, if we're as close to this plan World War III as we think we are, President Obama may very well uh, be the president that produces the Antichrist. I believe he will be if God, if something doesn't happen to him. Okay, uh, If this is true, then he will be the president who will stand in front of TV cameras to announce that in order to deal effectively with war, chaos, panic, terrorist threats, he is going to have to dissolve the government. Suspend the Constitution and temporarily take our liberties away. This will be martial law. I believe he's the guy. Okay, I don't see a better candidate... I thought it was going to be Bush, but, you know, Lord's merciful and he's given us more time. But I believe that time's getting close to being up. We would like Jesus Christ to make the last statement. Speaking of Matthew 24, Jesus revealed that unparalleled deception was the hallmark characteristic of the end of the age. He strenuous and strenuously warned against it. Since we are at the end of the age, we should expect such deception. This shouldn't be something that's totally shocking. This is something we should be expecting. And we should be on guard against it. Listen to Jesus' words. Matthew 24, 4. Take heed that no man deceive you. One of the main things he says regarding the end times. No man deceive you. Okay? Matthew 24, 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Obama's just one of those false prophets. We did a whole study on, is Obama the Antichrist? No, I don't believe he is. Biblically, he's disqualified for a lot of different verses. Okay, and then we have Matthew twenty four twenty four. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So don't ever think that you're above being deceived. You have to ask yourself every day: Is it possible that I'm deceived about something? Well, sure it is. We're all deceived about something. But I'm talking. This is the big deception here. This is deceiving the very elect. Remember, Christ is a political term. The office of Messiah. So Jesus is warning here of unparalleled political deception amongst leaders of the end of the age. And then Matthew uh, 10.6 Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We have seen the smoke caused by the Illuminati symbols during the Obama's inauguration. We have seen the many members with Illuminati backgrounds as he appointed to his cabinet. We must be controlled and discerning. The end of the age is upon us with all the prophesied unparalleled deceptions. Are you spiritually ready? Is your family? Are you adequately protecting your loved ones? Um, the Bible talks about, you know, he that provideth not for his own house has, um, is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. Okay, so this is something that, you know, I think is important to do, particularly as a man. Okay, are you providing for your own house? Are you making, as the Lord has opened the door, are you making any provisions for things? Are, are you doing any kind of preparations? The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Are you going to be counted as among the simple? Well, bless God, I just want to sit around and do nothing, just let everything play out, kind of. Kind of be footloose and fancy free. Well, okay, but that's, you know, you've been warned is all I can say. So, this is the reason for this ministry, and this is cutting-edge talking, and really me too, to enable you to first understand the peril facing you, and then help you develop strategies to warn and protect your loved ones. Once you have been thoroughly trained, you can also use your knowledge as a means to open the door of discussion with an unsaved person. Awesome. I have been able to use it many times, and I've seen many people come to Jesus Christ as a result. I mean, this is a tremendous ice-breaking type of thing, these types of subjects. These perilous times are also a time 
when we can reach many souls for Jesus Christ making an eternal difference. Now, this last article, I think this is the last... No, it's not. Oh, boy. (laughs) Without warning, President Bush declares that Washington, D.C. is under an emergency threat, thus declaring an official state of emergency. This is from uh, January 14th. Bush declares state of emergency to help pay for the inaugural security. Washington, President Bush has declared state of emergency... For the District of Columbia, for that you know, Columbia is the goddess, the goddess Columbia. She's the one on the Capitol building on top, you know, very much symbolic with the Statue of Liberty. The goddess Columbia is just, um, you know, right up there, basically with Diana, uh, Aphrodite, Isis, these types of things. The goddess of Columbia is what is on top, and that's why they call it the District of Columbia. Just one more other. Totally satanic, occultic thing about Washington, D.C. Okay? So, I mean, how could a goddess be biblical anyway? (laughs) There's no biblical precedent for goddesses. Okay? Uh, There's a lot of pagan precedent for it, but not biblical. So, President Bush now is declaring the state of emergency, a designation which will secure federal funds to pay for the blockades, air support, and checkpoints. Ah, the checkpoints. Yes. Just like Nazi Germany. Show me your papers, please. Checkpoints necessary to secure a crowd that could swell to the millions. White House spokesmen say that the district director requested Bush to make his designation solely on the practical basis that federal funds would be triggered by the announcement. Mayor Fenty estimates a total price tag for the event of $75 million. Oh, only $75 million wasted on this, um, you know, inaugurating this devil? Yeah, only $75 million. A bill, and that yet there's all kind of people, you know, in the country and in... They're starving in, 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 you know, in Africa and these types of places. But no, we got to designate the 75 mil for them because who cares about the others? A bill that the District of Columbia, Virginia, and Maryland will jointly pay so the federal funds will become welcome. Oh, hey, they, all they do now is print the money anyway on the printing press and they just release it. So what's another trillion or whatever they got to release? 15 million of federal funds has already been appropriated for the event. White House spokesman. Scott Stanzel says District of Columbia Mayor Mayor Fenty requested the emergency declaration last week because he decided that the crowds expected will be too big. How large is the police and military going to be on January 20th? Um, basically, when you boil it down, 18,900 police and military. 18,900 police and military will be on duty for this inauguration. That is a hefty presence for one event. You can see people do remember... The swirling rumors that immediately after the inauguration, a huge plane crisis is going to hit President Obama. Remember that? Joe Biden, remember what I talked about before on Code Red? Okay, well, remember that that um, that uh, thing that Colin Powell said on January 20th, something's going to happen? Remember when he said that? When he was being interviewed, next general Colin Powell? Yeah, well, I'm just saying that. I don't know if anything's going to go down. Okay, but if it does, you know... They, they, they telegraph that punch, which is what cabalists feel they must do. They must warn their enemies because they want their enemies to be powerless to do anything about it, even though they've been warned. That's how they get their power trip going. Uh, will, will there be some sort of attack, terrorist attack, which will attempt to knock the Obama administration off track immediately? Uh, Cutting Edge says we doubt it, but nothing is impossible. We can only wait and watch again. You know, hey. Uh, then the last article, just a little part here. President Obama is just as committed to the establishment of the North American Union as President Bush is. 
this is uh, a news brief from January 12th. Washington U.S. President-elect Barack Obama was to discuss the drug war and trade issues with Mexican President Calderon yesterday in his first meeting with a foreign leader since November election. Obama has promised to nurture close ties with Mexico and with Latin American countries um, with Mexico's drug violence exploding and amid fears Obama might seek changes to the North American Free Trade Agreement. Calderon has been eager for a meeting with the incoming president. Well, I bet. They're going to get that North American Union rolling as quick as they can, most likely. Do not be deceived on this point, as President Obama will be just as committed to establishing North American Union as President Bush and Clinton, as we demonstrated in our secret mysteries of Americans' beginnings. Now, that's the one before this one on Washington that they put out. The New Atlantis, the union of the North American countries, has been on the Illuminati, uh, an Illuminati dream since the early 1600s, when Sir Francis Bacon wrote about it in his plan. But it was really inspired by Satan, though, if you think about it. If you want to go back even further. President Obama is likely to be the President of the United States, when, which actually oversees the implementation of Francis Bacon's original concept of the New Atlantis. And as we have stated on many occasions, the creation of the North American Union fulfills one of the most important prophecies of all, Daniel 7, 7, and 8, where the prophet has shown a sequence of events leading to the appearance of the Antichrist. And so that's all I've got for today. I know it's four parts, and I... Um, I don't know. I don't think I should. I guess not apologize, but it just went real long today. Uh, there was a lot that needed to be said regarding this issue, and again, I don't know how long uh, the Lord will permit me to be on the air at this point. But you know, we just take it day by day. You know, sufficient of the day is the evil thereof. Boast not yourself on the morrow. These types of things. You just don't want to do that. Uh, we we talked a lot of, about a lot of issues today. And what it boils down to us individually is just getting as right with the Lord Jesus Christ as we possibly can get. Memorizing scriptures, because if they take away your Bible, the only Bible you may ever have is in your head. Okay? Uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Okay, so these are, uh, you know, Psalm 119, verse 11. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalm 119, verse 9. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. These are things that are, are important. Um, hiding the word of God in our heart. And uh, to conclude, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us for another day, Lord God, of, of freedom. And I pray, God, for for the ones that don't have freedom that may be listening to this. And I, I pray, God, you bless them and, and that your angels wouldn't camp around about them, that you bless all my listeners, Lord, anyone that, within the reach of this recording, I pray to God if there's any listening to this recording that's not saved, that you save their souls, Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that, Lord God, that your name would be glorified through the body of Christ, that you would protect us in the times that we're moving into, Lord, and that not just to protect us so we'd be safe, but that you protect us so you can use us, and that you would use us mightily for your glory, and and, uh, that many would be saved as a result of what you will do by the power of the Holy Spirit in your angelic host through the body of Christ. And that, Lord God, we would always lean on you for everything and we would not trust in our own selves or in a man or in some dogma, but only in the word of God. And I do pray you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form. That you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, Lord. Uh, That you would cleanse us from secret sins and presumptuous sins that they would not have dominion over us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight. 
our strength and our Redeemer. We praise you and we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, for the blood he shed on the cross to save our souls, Lord, and for all your goodness and your mercy, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.